Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. All right. A bit of a slow news week this week. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, I mean, a, a little bit of slow news, but there's one news thing that I didn't write that happened today. N- today, Nintendo released the first DLC character for Smash Brothers Ultimate. Okay. And that's Joker, the main character from Persona 5, one of the best JRPGs out for the PlayStation 4. So I've heard, yes. Uh, I highly recommend it if you guys haven't played it yet. Um, but yeah, that came out today. came out with a, with a great level, a bunch of great songs. Um, yeah, I, I, I have the ultimate pass, so I have the character. I just haven't downloaded them yet because I haven't been home yet today. (laughs) Um, but anyway, long um, day, long day. Yes. Long day. Um, but anyways, and some sad news. I was either, either today or yesterday, but this came up in my newsfeed this morning. Kazuhiko Kato, also known as Monkey Punch, the creator of Lupin the Third has passed away. Oh. Um, and Lupin the Third, for those of you who don't know who he is, is one of the most iconic anime characters in the world. It's so true. Um, Miyazaki of Studio uh, Ghibli got his start working on the, um, on, uh, the Lupin the Third original show and then made a couple of movies, probably the most famous of them being Castle of Cogliostro. That's right. Which is amazing. But that, he made that before he formed Studio Ghibli. Mm. Um, Anyway, but it's it's a lot of the background characters and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and a lot of the art style of uh, Castle of Cagliostro shows precursors of the Ghibli style. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, um, there was this. Uh, I went to go see it in the, in the theater mm-hmm. uh, last year. Um, yeah, wasn't there? A, uh, we, we talked about that. That there was a Ghibli marathon that theaters were doing. It wasn't, it wasn't really not, Ghibli. Not, not a marathon. It was just like every month. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Uh, Fathom Events. Fathom Events was hosting a Ghibli movie. Uh, it was it was produced by um, or it was produced by uh, I want to say Studio G Kids something like that. Okay. And uh, Fathom Events was the one who was putting it on the big screen for them. Okay. Um, once a month, and um, I think they're doing it again this year. I haven't I haven't seen what's being aired this year, but it's a lot of fun going to see a Ghibli movie on the big screen. <laughs> um, but I saw Castle of Cagliostro on the big screen. And before that, they had uh, John Laster talking for about 15 minutes or so, mm. just about the influence that Miyazaki had on anime. Um, you never saw anything like this before. Yeah. Uh, he talked about how um, just the big sweeping movements and things, all the hand-drawn animation and stuff. The, the grand vistas. Um, most, of the time you'd have a, most of the time you'd have a single shot and then a character running across it, whereas Miyazaki made just these... Um, um, made the landscape move along with it and things it's, like that. It's true. You, you um, saw waves he made of just this beautiful, beautiful, f- flowing style, and you never saw that in anime before Castle of Cagliostro. And then suddenly there was this awakening thanks to Miyazaki and right. the film. Um, yeah. So it, uh, if you have not seen Castle of Cagliostro, I highly recommend it. It's an incredible, 
the incredible first film of the incredibly talented um, Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, mm. and a great film for Lupin the Third if you don't know who the character is. Um, anyway, um, I think that's really it for the news. That's all that I that really came up that kind of stuck out to me. Okay. Uh, we are starting the new season of anime. A um, couple of shows that I'm really looking forward to talking about on our podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, that's that's kind of about it. Right. So let's go ahead and dive into it. And it's three episodes in. And you picked Key the Metal Idol. I did. I went onto uh, my anime list and I was looking for something that was in the same vein as Serial Experiments Lane mm-hmm. or Psychopaths mm-hmm. or Erased. And this came up on the list. And so I wanted to give it a try and see what it was, see what it was all about. Um, Crunchyroll and uh, Funimation, uh, Crunchyroll and uh, Verve have uh, have Key the Metal Idol available mm-hmm. for streaming, and uh, this is the synopsis that they have. Her classmates at school called her Key, as in the key to a strange mystery. Key's grandfather was a kindly old scientist wanting to use his skill in robotics to create peace and love in the world. But when that kindly old scientist passed away, poor Key was left behind, lacking even the ability to smile. There is still hope, however. A message left behind for Key suggests a fantastic possibility. Could it really be possible for Key to become a real, live human if she can only win the love of 30,000 people? Okay, and this is an older anime, um, yes, mid-90s late, mid-90s. or so, early yes. to mid-90s. Yes, uh, the, the original run ran from uh, 94 to 95, and there were uh-huh. 13 episodes. But uh, what is listed is 15 episodes on uh, Crunchyroll and uh, Verve. Mm-hmm. And apparently episodes uh, 14 and 15 are actually movies. They're known as movie one and movie two. Okay. Okay. So it's all bundled together in one packet there. Good deal. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, okay. So the first episode starts off mm-hmm. with, um, with uh, video footage. Now, this was made in the 90s and was made to be a modern day 90s thing. So a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today is a throwback to our childhood that some mm-hmm. people listening to this show might not understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So... It starts off with a VHS tape player playing a, um, a recording of a robot going on a rampage and uh, basically having annihilated two platoons in 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it was shown to be like this amazing powerhouse mm-hmm. um, device. And it turns out, and then it's and then the footage stops and you realize that, there is a meeting taking place in a military facility with a bunch of generals or higher-ups in a military compound being mm-hmm. shown this by what appears to be a man in a business suit. Um, just so our readers are aware, I just looked it up to double-check it. Um, just so our listeners, not readers, our listeners are aware, um, a platoon, if they don't know how big that is, that's between 60 to 50 men. Okay, how many? 16 to 50 uh, yeah. men. I think I said 60 at first, but yeah. 16 to 50 men. Okay, so um, that's so up to 100, between and, some number between uh, 32, 32 and 100, 100 men, men killed in 45 seconds by this thing. Yes. And these are trained soldiers killed by this thing. Yes. But anyway, sorry. But it's a, it, it has a bit of a feel of, um, 
It, it, it's a cross between Terminator and an anime doll. It's real big, too. Like, yeah. probably about three times the size of a normal man. Something like that. It's huge. Yeah, very, very tough and masculine. Um, carrying weapons or armaments of some kind that uh -huh. are clearly too big for a human of that size to carry something of that mm -hmm. size as well. So, packs a punch. Mm -hmm. um, we then... Um, he then promises that he can sell these things. Hey, we, we can't sell the full robot to you. Because mm -hmm. well, there's no way we'd get it past customs, but we can sell you the core, which is a heart and mm -hmm. brain of these things, and it's about the size of a teacup, mm -hmm. is what he says. And then cut to a little later, and he's this guy's in the hallway talking to his assistant, and his assistant's like, "Sir, you just promised him it was the size of a teacup. Right now, it's the size of a van." Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, but our scientists will get it smaller. Mm -hmm. We just need to motivate him. Um. And then the guy starts, you know, pontificating about worrying that the, the tape won't stop in time and it'll show what's at the end of the tape, uh -huh. which is that this thing, they lost control of it and it killed 20 of the camera crew mm -hmm. that was uh, filming the mm -hmm. incident. So it turned on its own yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And so we're introduced at the very beginning of the show, we're introduced to the existence of these robots and... That they can go AWOL very quickly, and regardless of the danger, this uh, corporate bigwig wants the money that selling it brings him. Mm -hmm. The money and the prestige, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then after that, we cut to um, we cut to uh, a school. Yep. Um, and we, well, I guess we, I guess before that, we start hearing a. Um, we start seeing, uh, well, we see a group of children mocking Key. Uh, they're chanting, I believe this is what happens. I, I watched these a couple of days ago just because I wouldn't have time to watch them today. Right, So right. I might be getting events out of order. But uh, we see there, memories. There, there's a lot of, the interesting thing about this show is that there was a lot of, um, the first three episodes demonstrated a lot of uh, animation trickery. And now having watched Shirobako, Mm -hmm. um it, it's clear that what they probably ended up having to do a lot of times is sacrifice certain action sequences and to make them more dramatic they just showed the keyframes well drawn fully fully illustrated mm -hmm. in color but keyframe flashing and indicating um dramatic motion without actually having to animate the oh they did that all the time back in the 90s that happened all the time it did um but uh anyway um there a group of children are mocking Key. Yes. And saying things about her, uh, saying this nursery rhyme about her. Um, about while drinking she's, water and While rusting. she's drinking water. Yeah. And they're saying you're going to rust because you're drinking water. And then, like, little girl Key turns around and says, I'm not going to rust. I'm very, very advanced. And then she collapses. Um, and then uh, she gets picked up by someone. And she wakes up in a, in a bigger body. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, sh she gets told by the professor... Um, uh, by the, the person who made her happy her, her, birthday. Her, her grandfather. When you her call him the when you call him the professor, I just uh -huh. picture the Powerpuff Girls. That's not what I pictured, but whatever. <laughs> um. Anyway, he uh, he says happy birthday. It's your thirteenth birthday, so I've given you a new body type thing. So she went from being a little girl to being a thir in her thirteen year old body. Yes, she she transitioned mm -hmm. very quickly from one to the to the mm -hmm. other. It was very sudden. And uh. The next bit, uh, we see someone at a high school asking after Key, 
Oh, it's just, it's yeah. the teacher at the head of the class asking for key. And some of the guys are like, well, maybe her battery ran out. Because some of the students are still making fun of her for being a robot and stuff. Uh -huh. And then one of the girls was like, I think she's recharging on the roof. Yeah, she's some, uh -huh. either in the courtyard on the roof recharging. Because apparently she's solar powered. And she'll just mm -hmm. lie down in the sun to recharge mm -hmm. her batteries. And we see her doing exactly that. She's lying in the sun. And then someone comes up and says, Key, your grandfather has been hurt. Um, and she gets off and she just, she runs. Yeah. And she starts running. Um, and we get back to the house and by the time she gets to their house, the grandfather has passed away, but he's left his final words for her on a cassette player. On a cassette player on a Walkman with mm -hmm. earbuds. Mm-hmm. And he, so, so she starts playing his final words and listening mm -hmm. to them. And this whole time we, she never blinks. Other characters uh -huh. have more human expressions, but she never but blinks. She also... she, she'll close her eyes, mm -hmm. like when she's recharging, or if she's in a certain state of unconsciousness. But even in some states of unconsciousness, her eyes are wide open. And it's, it, it is an unsettling mm -hmm. part of her character. Uh, and so she's standing there, or she's sitting there by her dead grandfather's body, who's lying on a futon, a futon. on the ground under a blanket with a... Uh, cloth over his face and she's sitting there listening to his final words in this tape recorder mm -hmm. and as he's dying he's telling her the story about how he was uh, a fool how he went to go visit his wife's grave and slipped and fell into the river on I the way home i think he says your mother's grave i'm pretty sure he pointed out your mother is what he said mm. so yeah Something along those lines. But, but yeah, but on his way back, he slipped and fell into the river, and somebody saved him, and now he's dying, and uh -huh. he wanted to share her, these last things with her before he died, mm -hmm. um, which included uh, telling her that he had devised a way that she could become fully human, mm -hmm. and all she needed to do was make 30,000 friends. Which, let's go ahead and just point out the absurdity of that number. Okay, this is the 90s. I know. No social media has existed at this point. There well, no, isn't no, no, just, no. There, there, there's I'm no... not just talking about that. I'm talking about how, in reality, for us mere mortals, you can only really have 150 close people to you. You it's can't true. have any more than that. It's true. Um, studies have been done to show that you really can only have 150 people close to you at one time. So... Well, that you can personally be close to. Yeah, you can personally be however, close to. However, there's certainly... I don't know if it's a uh, something lost in translation, but they're making uh -huh. it seem like you need to have 300,000 people who have who care for you enough to cry for you. Uh -huh, that's what he says. That's what mm -hmm. he says. So that isn't that might just be fans instead of friends. Which is where this show seems to be going. Yes. But that said... 30,000 friends is absurd. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it is. I just brought that up. But yeah, let's just, let's just keep going. <laughs> it is. Well, and and then yeah, just like I was saying about social media that you could get to 30,000 followers on various social media platforms. Good luck interacting with all of them though. No, you'll you'll never be on a one-on-one -on -one basis with 100% if if you have 30,000 followers oh, or yeah. more. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. Mm. Okay, so 
but yeah, that's that's kind of the point. So, mm-hmm. But they they they've also introduced a uh, an idol character uh, in the background more and more, and she seems to be somebody who sings in concerts and her music. Or her voice seems to be used for the opening and closing credits. Yeah, and her and she seems to be performing on on televisions in the background yeah, in various yeah. scenes, and uh, she's a kind of a, a subliminal introduction to this character as we we're should, going along. We should also mention that the, the doctor or the grandfather had an assistant. Mm-hmm. And the assistant's the one who gave her the tape recording. And then after she listens to the tape recording and he says, but like, I don't know how you're going to, I don't know if you even want to do it. I mean, 30,000 people is just absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And the doc, you know, he's like, and the doctor was getting old and, you know. Do you think maybe it was maybe just, he was the, just the, getting the senile, senile, senile ramblings And then she immediately cuts man. him off and says, I'm going to move to Tokyo. And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, if I were to make friends with everybody in this town, that would only be about 100 people. The only way I'm going to make 30,000 friends is if I move to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And the very next bit is her going to Tokyo. Um, and her concern about whether or not she'll get enough daylight while living in Tokyo. Yep, and she's out in Tokyo and it's got a clouded over sky with pollution in it and she's like yeah I'll prob- i probably won't get as much sunlight here as i got in the country so the first thing she meets when going to tokyo is a street performer who does statue work mm-hmm. and so he's standing there doing statue work and she's fascinated by this and stands there and watches him and she stands there and watches him for three hours straight. And they point to the this point, out. To the point where he breaks character and sits down because he's exhausted being watched this long. Mm-hmm. And, doing, and doesn't phase her a doing bit. Doing statue street art is not easy. No. That said, don't if you come across somebody doing that, don't be a jerk and go up and like poke them and do things like that. Don't be a stupid tourist. My favorite videos that I've seen are, well, some of my favorite videos that I've seen are when <laughs> stupid tourists go up and poke someone, and then the statue just turns around and punches them. Mm. Because you are invading their personal space. You are being a jerk by doing things like that. Oh, yeah. There's also tourists who will, like, poke fun and, uh, you know, poke fun of the Queen's Guard, the guys with the big hats yep. in, in London. Yep. And, uh... I've seen videos where they attack back because they are trained soldiers. They are trained soldiers, and it, and their duty is to stand guard. Uh-huh. And you can take photos of them, and you can walk around and make funny faces in their general direction. But if you obstruct their view or do anything that would hinder their performance of standing guard, they are authorized to stop you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, if you're out traveling, be courteous. Just be... Don't be a jerk. Seriously. Anyway. Um, so, she out-statues the statue performer. Yes. And then... And then it gets dark. And uh-huh. It gets late, and she hasn't actually arranged to be living anywhere yet. She's just... In Tokyo, and she come across. She comes across one of those guys who's obviously looking for girls. To uh... well, now we're talking. First, we're talking about um, what lo- appears to be a low-level yakuza thug and his henchmen. Oh yeah, them. Okay, so he she runs into them first, and they're referring to her as their girlfriend, and they should go dancing, and they should go get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned something about. 30,000 is too much. 
and they don't realize she's th- she's That's talking right, to herself about friends. Yeah. They think that she's a they think that she's selling herself as a prostitute. Thirty thousand yen, three hundred bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. three hundred bucks. It's like, well, let's not talk about business first. Let's get to know each other first. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all like, and she um. She manages to escape and run away at the same time that a heavily trench coat and hatted robot makes its way down the alleyway. Mm-hmm. And it's and so she was in a state of emotional distress at the same time that that robot was nearby, and the robot malfunctions, and then proceeds to kill the two yakuza people when she's in, just when she destroys isn't them, just destroys just, them, just so violent, and and we're we're able to see that these this robot is a puppet that there is a control system that somebody is using, mm-hmm. and the guy has lost control of this thing. And it just annihilates these two people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one of the things, one of the things about 90s anime was how graphic they could be about oh, yeah. certain things. They, oh, were, yeah. they like, were not shy about what, they, the way like, that they could. Uh, this, this robot slaps one of them uh-huh. and sends him flying and he gets stuck between two buildings. In a very at, narrow in alleyway. In a very narrow alleyway. And his body just snaps. Yeah. And you just see the blood pouring down from his body. And the other guy just pretty much gets chopped in half by this thing. Uh, he he gets punched into a brick wall. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. And then the uh, bricks above land on him, crushing his Crushing upper him, half. and you just see the blood coming up. Yeah. So this is TV-14, but it's 90s TV-14. 90s anime TV-14 may as well be rated R American. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, this, um, this stuff, that whatever, whatever the censors allowed in the 90s in anime... That's not the case anymore. This is a very that was a very lax time in their censorship. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway, they uh, so and if it's right after that, she gets picked up by the guy who's obviously looking for girls to star in pornography. Yeah, he, he, he's yeah. a sleazy, sleazy guy trying to pick up beautiful women to go ahead and star in these videos. Yeah, but well, it turns out she's looking for thirty thousand fans, and he thinks he can uh, deliver thirty to forty thousand, mm-hmm. depending on how good of photos she can mm-hmm. take. And so, he's uh, so he creepily takes her to his office, and mm-hmm. what he does is plainly apparent. Yep, really, pretty, really pretty apparent, early, and pretty early on. Really early on, and like I, like we were talking about, the censorship was very, very lax, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of women's breasts that are shown in these next couple of shots. Yes. Um, because it's very obvious that he's a pornographer. Yes. Um, and um, they didn't, they, they never show lower regions because that's actually illegal in Japan. You can't show that stuff. Yes. Um, and that's the way it's been since World War II. Um, but so, so it was definitely crossing certain boundaries, but it never got to the boundaries that were already illegal. Yes. Yes, and also Japan has a very, very, and I like just kind of explain cultural differences. Japan is a lot more open about sex than America is. Right, that's just the way they've always been. And, um, it's, and basically, you know, I've been watching uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, uh-huh. and it's basically the same level of uh, nudity. Yeah, in certain instances, I mean, I mean, they've got um, all of those you know, Renaissance paintings that have been animated and turned yeah. into mm-hmm. weird things. So. Oh, Monty Python was weird, but I love them so much. They, they, they uh. Speaking they, of which, uh, John Cleese is going to be at Fanex this weekend. I've got to find a way to make my life, uh, to allow more conventions into my life. Mm. 
I have no desire to go to Finex. No? Nope. I, we'll talk about it off recording. I don't want to give Fanex a bad name. I know a lot of people enjoy it and stuff like that. I just uh-huh. have some friends who are uh, who are um, sellers. They would rent booths and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they made some weird rules in the last a few years ago that pretty much killed business for them. So uh. I'm kind of bitter about that. But anyway. Oh, that's fair. That's anyway. fair. I mean, well, well, I mean, we have we have friends of different kinds, and yeah. and maybe it's great for cosplayers and not so great for uh, for artists mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, and well, so no, some... people who are people who are popular artists will still make lots of money. But anyways, well, let's let's go ahead and move on. I don't I don't want to drag anyone's name through the mud. Um, All right. Anyway, um, so okay. and, and then and, uh, and, and so she decide and so. Key becomes keen on exactly what's going on and she what she's being asked to do and decides she wants to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's when the pornographer doesn't want her to go. And he and gets his starts thug. To, and, and gets his cameraman, who is a bodybuilder, to uh, um, kind of menace, menace her into agreement. Standing in front of the door won't let her leave. And that's when a um, a girl by the name of Sakura, mm-hmm. who we were introduced to moments before, because she was on a scooter at the same time that Key was going. And she was on a scooter delivering pizzas in a flash the moment before. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so she's there delivering the pizza to the pornographer's office. Being very boisterous and selling her pro- selling her uh, business, mm-hmm. selling her pizza, saying with, with, with with all the it's like it's called, it's called like for the pizza. It's called like uh, spark pizza, and so she's throwing a lot of spark puns into yeah. the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it turns out she knows Key that there are friends from the middle school. Yeah, and when she realizes what's going on, she grabs Key, mm-hmm. and this is one of those first instances where the entire sequence. Is just keyframes mm-hmm. that um, that flash as she's grabbing key and running out the mm-hmm. uh, running out the door and uh, taking her with her. And they ran all the way to her apartment and and left her scooter behind. And left her scooter behind, which she says, "Oh, I was so dumb for doing that." And I just thought to myself, "Yeah, you were." <laughs> I mean, seriously, you drove there in a scooter, and you didn't think to get on the scooter and leave. I mean, I understand you panicking, but at the same time, come on, girl. Yeah. But uh, her friend, who then goes and takes a shower and gets cleaned up, Sakura goes and takes a shower, gets cleaned up, and um, gets uh, gets dressed, and she's going to her other job. Turns out she has several jobs. We learn through the course of the ep- of these next episodes, she she directs traffic at a construction site in the morning. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, Which she makes me think of Excel Saga. Yeah, she. Um, well, it's a it's a it's a well it's a good paying job for people who don't have schooling. Yeah, and it's a part. It's mm-hmm. kind of a part time. It's a temporary gig. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's they'll take who they can get at the time. Yeah, it seems pretty much. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Excel does that in the first few episodes of Excel Saga. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to say, uh, no, never mind. Um. Mm-hmm. I want to say I've seen other characters do it too, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I I. I, I I don't know. Did did Saitama from One Punch Man ha- have that job once? 
I want to say in a. In, I've in, never seen him have a job other because no 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 so that that no 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 inside in One Punch Man, remember it's when he first decides to become a superhero, he um. He's coming back from another failed job in yes, interview. Yes, true. So it's he's true. never had a job. Well, he's he's got to be doing something. But well, now he's built, now he's paid to be a superhero. He's well, that, earning his keep being a superhero. But before he was just you know living off the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what he was doing to do to survive on that. I don't know if there was some government like food stamps like they have in America or something, something like along those on. lines. Okay. There's there's the, there is a social safety net in Japan. That's yeah, but that's what neats live on. People who refuse to you know, associate with society. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just stay home all day long. And uh, um, it was actually incredible. Uh, One Punch Man got Neats to go out and exercise. <laughs> there was a sudden surge in people exercising in Japan thanks to One Punch Man. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. a certain, there was also a sudden surge of people exercising thanks to uh, Pokemon Go. Yes, a lot of people going out and doing things. Uh, there was a saying that uh, Pokemon Nintendo did more in one summer than Michelle, uh, Michelle Obama did in eight years mm. of trying to get kids to go outside and move. Well, her and um, back when uh, Bush Senior was president, uh, he had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a, uh, uh, a similar kind of program trying to get kids to yeah, be I remember more that. Active yeah, yeah. Way back in the nineties, I remember being forced to do that in gym class. It sucked. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, uh, so yeah, so she, so she's got that and then, uh, pizza job in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and in the evenings until the late, late hours of the night, uh, she works at a video rental store Yep. and she's going to her job at the video store and he, and she's like, Oh, don't worry. I'll be back. And then he tells her that she wants to go with. And so they go together for those of our young listeners who don't know this during the nineties. Just Before watch, <laughs> just watch Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. Just watch Captain Marvel. She crashes in a video rental store where you rent videos. Before Netflix was a thing. Before DVDs were a thing, there was a time where if you wanted to watch a movie, there were businesses that had a wide collection of videos that you would go in and even for why, a fee, even when DVDs were a thing. But before DVDs, this was a thing. And mm-hmm. then when we had DVDs, it was still a thing. Mm-hmm. And then and it may it may have been a thing with Blu-ray for a little bit as well, mm-hmm. but. They were already on their way out by the time Blu-ray was starting to become popular, because so. streaming services were, uh, were, were, well, yeah. There, there's a whole thing about how Netflix put Blockbuster out of business, and basically it was down to Blockbuster underestimated how much people wanted to stay in their pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, well, also back then, Netflix was the only real streaming service that there was. Now everybody and, the, and, bef- and their and before, dog wants to get it on the streaming service. Before services. they were a streaming service, they were a video mailing service. Mm-hmm. Is that you would pick what videos you wanted to see, and they would mail them to you. You could watch them for however long you wanted, and then mail them back when you were done and wanted to get something else. You mm-hmm. could only have two at a time. Yeah. And then, well, and then they, they rolled out streaming what, service. Depending on what your service was, you could have an error between like one and I think four or something Yeah, I'm like pretty that. sure Game, yeah. uh, like Gamefly still does that, if they're still in Game, business. I I heard that they might be going out of business. I'm not I used positive. to have an account, I used to have an account with them, but then I couldn't afford it anymore. But I've never paid for an account with them. Yeah. I've only used them for their used game sales because their used game sales are incredible. Okay. But yeah, so she has a job at a video mm-hmm. rental store, and while she's there managing it... Uh, Key is watching uh, what appears to be a horror film or a monster horror film. Some, on the, uh, some monster slasher. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some gore and there's a monster and there's a dead guy and this woman's mm-hmm. screaming. She stabbed the monster and then the monster <sighs> bites her and 
Uh, and then I, that, that reminds me, I saw a picture earlier this week where it was um, three actors who have played Godzilla in the rubber suit walking down the street in Godzilla poses. Yeah, walking in the Godzilla pose. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the biggest street of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, while she's there, someone else walks in, Tataki, mm-hmm. um, and he uh, is bringing a video, and he's this pretty good-looking guy, and he and Sakura seem to be getting along pretty well, yeah. but he keeps saying her name wrong. Um, and what he's what what he's doing is that there's the kanji for her name, and he's reading it one way when it's read a different way, ah. and so she keeps correcting him. Mm-hmm. So it's like he had a nickname for her that she doesn't like, something like that. But it, it plays like mm-hmm. that. But uh, he comes in and uh, says, "Hey, here's this video. Um, go, could you please play this video? And it's a promo for this idols. When we were talking about, it's for her next concert." Turns yeah. out he's the head of their her her fan was, club. Well, no, no, it was, uh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's the head of her fan club, and he's got yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to remember her name, and I kept pulling up like Mima or something like that. But no, that's that's Key's family name. Was uh-huh. Mima, because that was also the name of the. Uh, I don't the remember what the singer's name is. Um, but anyway, he uh, while he's in there, and when they start playing the video, um, the the pornographer and his brute come out, come yeah. back, and they found her because she left the scooter there, and they called the uh the place where she worked and he the manager who they tricked into thinking that they were worried about her and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and uh they um they got where her next job was from that manager and uh so they come and they're saying they no longer want key they want sakura because sakura is this beautiful young girl yes uh with good proportions and things like that and they're like come with us and we can make you a star we can like we can give you more. We can give you three times as much in one month than you make out of all three of your jobs. Yes. And they keep telling her stuff like that, and she's like, "Who would believe a stupid line like that?" She's got a good head on her shoulders and stuff like that. She's like, "No, I'm not going to do that. That's idiotic. Who would go with you?" And then they try to take her by force, and what happens? Um. Well, she slaps the pornographer, and mm-hmm. the brute comes to stand between them. Um. And that's when uh, Tataki uh, steps up to protect her from them. And Tataki is a third of the size of the brute. Uh-huh. He, he's still he, he's still tall and lean and yeah. pretty muscular. <laughs> but the brute is basically an American bodybuilder archetype mm-hmm. in uh, in a '90s anime. He's mm-hmm. just he's just huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, bulging in all the in all the uh, it's not a tuma places. Gosh, he's huge, yeah. <laughs> and um, Tataki one shots him, <laughs> one kick to the head, boom, he's down. Mm-hmm. And the pornographer, uh, the little Weasley man, tries to run away, and Tataki belts him in the face. We don't see that what actually happens, but we see the aftermath. We see the aftermath, mm-hmm. and the, he's, uh, he is he is, his face is purple. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brutal, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's pre- it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And he asks if, like, he he wants to stay. Tataki wants to stay, and make sure they don't come back. But Sakura's like, it's fine. They're not going to come back after what you did to them, type thing. And it turned. So. And the whole time he was there at the mo- at the uh, the uh, video rental place, he was loading up a cart 
with all of these videos and like how is he ever going to have time to watch them all yeah yeah but because uh, apparently and, and it's a throwaway line but they talk about how the uh the late fees at this place are brutal yeah well and i think it's pretty obvious that tataki's got a thing for sakura and yeah. he's really just going there to kill time and speak with her and uh -huh. do things like that um but whatever you know I, right. she's got a good head on her shoulders but at the same time she's kind of dense so she's smart in certain ways and dumb in other ways as it's everybody true. is anyway that, that's um, just life that's life anyway um the first episode isn't that much longer than that no the first episode ended when this is we've gotten into the second episode the the, the hitting of these guys is the very beginning of the second episode okay, got okay. dealt with because the first episode ended on kind of a cliffhanger that the thugs were making their way into the um that's right so we're in episode two right now so so yeah that, so that ended on that cliffhanger now mm -hmm. we're in the, the very beginning of episode two and episode yeah. two actually the the pacing in episode two is pretty good because it goes from topic to topic and just uh -huh. lets the story flow along yeah. i don't like mm -hmm. resolve that in the first three minutes um and then we have a bit where they go into the apartment and um oh okay so there's a conversation that happens between sakura and key and key is worried because key sakura was offered three times whatever she's making at all three of her jobs combined to quit those jobs and come work for them as an idol mm -hmm. and for a time she was a bit tempted because just the just the idea of not having to work three jobs and only working one and making mm -hmm. three times what she's currently making total, of course it's tempting. Mm -hmm. But now she she knows what she she knows what they do and she knows what would happen to her reputation and her life if she joined with them, mm -hmm. and she's fighting against it. Um, but that moment of hesitation and then she looks to key. And then regains her composure and her strength to say no. Key gets the feeling that she might have said yes if she w hadn't been there at that time, and so Key blames herself for her continued for Sakura's continued hardships, because Sakura is going to continue having these three jobs and working, you know, 12, 15 hour days at all of them combined or whatever mm -hmm. it is her life is leading up to at this mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. um, which so that's kind of hard and draining on her, and so they have a bit of a a fight that isn't quite well resolved mm -hmm. as Sakura is trying to go to sleep on in a loft bed mm -hmm. above an area where Ki is sitting. And Ki, being a robot, is sitting straddling a, um, a, sliding, a sliding, glass door. sliding glass door, one leg inside, one leg outside, and just sitting up with her eyes open and falls asleep that way. Mm -hmm. Kind of creepy looking. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, Key regains consciousness to see that Sakura's already gone out to work, and there's a note on the door, on the uh, table, on the table that says, um, "Don't sleep like that. It's kind of creepy. Um, take a shower if you need one." And she does that. She gets in the shower. She opens the door, turns on the water, doesn't close the door. We mm -hmm. just see the door open, and then we see a time lapse as the sun sets. And the water is still going. Yeah. And then uh, we see a little bit of a jump. Uh, it's a little bit of a jump cut. And uh, Sakura's come home. And Ki, is, Ki just sits up. And Sakura 
or reveals to the audience that Key's battery had run out or something, uh-huh. and she had collapsed in the tub and was yeah. just kind of in the fetal position in the tub while the water was running on her. Yeah. And she and says it's, it's a good like, thing that the hot water didn't run out, otherwise you would have died of pneumonia or something like that. And I'm just thinking to myself, what kind of a hot water heater does she have? My hot water runs out after 10 minutes in the shower. Yeesh. I don't have a very good one. Uh-huh. Mine's a little better than that, but not yeah. by much. I think I got about 25 minutes tops. Which is maybe <sighs> enough to fill up my tub. <laughs> Once. Anyway. Um, so. Uh, I don't remember what the conversation is after that. Um, basically, um, Sakura starts crying over, um, mm-hmm. over Key and telling her not, not to push mm-hmm. herself and no, don't, don't, don't try so hard. Yeah. And Key, uh... Oh, we should mention that Key has talked to her about the goal of get 30,000 friends. Yes. And at this point, then they talk about mm-hmm. how are they going to do that? And Sakura has a handful of recommendations like, well... You could be a baseball player, but I'm a girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Well, maybe you could be a politician, or... There is no crying in baseball! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That movie's so good. Anyway. <laughs> a um, League of Their Own, by the way, for yeah. those of you who don't know what that's from. <laughs> um, but episode two, they, they, they talk a little bit more about it, and episode two ends with key watching a video of or uh, it's either a video or a broadcast i think it might be a broadcast of the idol mm-hmm. and it's watching this video and something in her is starting to trip like every once in a while she'll go into this mode where she's kind of out of herself and starting to experience hallucinations and her eyes and, become more lifelike and her hair goes from white to red yeah Mm-hmm. And so, which isn't really noticeable until the end of episode three, mm-hmm. when that ha- is when that happens. I noticed. I don't want to say I noticed it the first time, but I did notice it happening before episode three when her her hair turned red. And so she and so she's start and so what looks like scan lines from a uh, standard resolution television of the idol's arms reaching out to her, and she's reaching back, and episode two ends. Mm-hmm. In episode three... Well, real fast, we should probably mention that in the entire time this is happening, we've been seeing... Uh, there's been lots of scenes with the head of this corporation who's trying to sell these robots. Mm. Um, and we have this guy who his minion's called D, but his real name is Sergi Or mm. Sergey. Um, and he's got white hair. And he's the guy who was piloting the robots before. And I, we also failed to mention... I thought about this when we were talking right. about it, but I just it just slipped my mind. Right. Um, it seems to be a painful experience to pilot these robots. Well, something happens to them, and when she takes control, it hurts the pilot. Well, even before it hurting the pilot, like you see, like he's grunting and sweating, and it's like he's in pain as he uses it. And mm. we also uh, see in I want to say, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's the end of episode two. Episode three. We learn about uh, the concert that's going to be put on. Mm-hmm. Um, the head of this corporation also is owns the um, the idol agency that this main idol, whatever her name is, this super idol, um, performs through. And he got he gets word that she does not want to perform the next day 
uh, during the concert. She can't even get up. That she can't get up. Um, and uh, he's like, she will perform because I'm telling her that she will type thing. Yeah. And so, and uh, and we'll go, I'll go ahead and we can go ahead and just say this now because it kind of ties into what I was saying before. But she is, like the idol isn't real. We learned this. Like the idol is a machine. This idol is a robot. The idol is a robot. Idol by, the woman is singing it and it's her voice in it. But she's sickly. There's something. But again, she pilots it and she's in pain. Yeah, she's, so, she's suffering greatly as she's going through the process, so, piloting it from whatever mechanism she's mm -hmm. in. And so while these machines are very, very powerful, piloting them causes suffering to the pilot somehow. Probably some kind of a mental feedback from the strain of controlling the machine. It's, we not, see Sergi it's not strongly Ser established what the problem is in yeah. the first three episodes. We see Sergi controlling two at the same time. Uh -huh. We don't know what the reason is just yet, but it is causing pain to the pilots. Okay, so Sergei, uh, known as D... Um, he ends up on this quest because he actually used to be an apprentice of the, of Key's grandfather mm -hmm. and was involved in the robotics development systems. Mm -hmm. And it's either beginning of, it's either end of episode two or beginning of episode three that he, no, it's the end of episode two, middle of episode two, where he goes back to Key's grandfather's house, which is now empty mm -hmm. and starts going through it. And then goes into the basement and sees a completely thrashed um, laboratory. And it was his fault. He's the one who destroyed it because he had some sort of altercation with the grandfather. And trashed his laboratory and left. And it's not established why he did it or mm -hmm. what was the reason, but he did it. They also established that there's something off about him. that I don't know if he's like part robot or not. Because he keeps projecting marbles from his mouth at bullet-like speeds. Yeah, like he spits it against a, um, a like, he, like picture frame yeah, he and it shatters the glass. There's a picture frame of a young Sakura being hugged. Putting her arm by, around Ki. No, yeah, putting her arm, yeah, that's right. Ki's being hugged by Sakura. I'm giving mm -hmm. the names backwards. Ki was being hugged by Sakura and there's a picture of that. And so he knows, so D knows he was there when his robots went malfunction, and so he's been looking for her to find out if if she was really the cause. Mm -hmm. And if so, what they need to do to stop it. Because they can't have these malfunctions anymore. So, um... So he goes on this quest to find her. And this is important because during the concert, it's established that there is some relationship between Sergei and... Um, the pornographer. Because mm -hmm. the pornographer approaches him knowing that he is a servant, that Sergei is a servant of this president, and says, I found another idol for you. It'll be even better than the one you have now. Mm -hmm. I've got some pictures. Just let me know what you think. And he looks at the pictures, and the pictures are all obviously stocky creeper pictures yes. of uh, Sakura. Of Sakura. Like, taking a picture he, of her while she's walking down the street and, and noticing he, him. and Yeah, and he recognizes her from that picture that he spit a marble at at bullet mm -hmm. speed. Um, and, uh... Yeah, and, and so now he... And so now he's, um... Okay. So that happens during the concert. So he's there. So, so there's this huge concert in a big amphitheater um stadium type thing 
where um, the the figure of the idol is performing. Um, now, there was a bit of a spoiler that the idol was a robot in the opening credits because there's a scene where the idol's looking directly at camera and then she puts up both of her hands mm-hmm. on her forehead and her, her cheek across from each other and then begins this ripping motion mm-hmm. um, to subtly... Re- it shows a little bit of machine under it and then cuts to something else mm-hmm. immediately. So it's so it a, uh, a hint of a spoiler in that particular scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's at that moment that Key starts connecting with this idol. And she starts having one of her hallucinations. And so she's seeing the idol closer to her. So so she's got this bouquet and she's with Tataki. Tataki has had a free ticket for her because he's got like this plethora of tickets that he could just give out to people. And so they go in to see this concert. And um, Sakura's, for, uh, Key's, for whatever reason, is holding a bouquet. And it's not really established what she intended for the bouquet. Mm-hmm. She just happened to have it, and she was going to do something with it. I don't know if she was planning on giving it to Sakura as an apology. Because something we skipped over. Yeah. At the very beginning of episode three, it, it goes back to, it's the scene, okay. At the very beginning of episode three... It's actually a montage of Sakura being an idol and going through the process of being an idol and then go, going out on stage. It's, but we are not, it's not established if that's a future that's going to happen later in the series or Sakura? if it's a dream. It, well, it seemed to be. I thought it was Sakura. It had long brown hair. and I thought it was the girl who is the idol because no, they because were saying her, that there was well, a big change over her. I could be wrong. It might have been flashbacks of, of that idol and how that happened to her. I thought it was Sakura it because it didn't looked... look like Sakura to me. Okay. So, but I could be wrong. It could be Sakura. Again, I had a lot going on when I was trying to watch these, so I wasn't okay. paying attention to them as much as I usually try to. So it was a character that were not. So it could have been the idol in a younger in a younger stage before uh-huh. she got involved. It could be, but but it, I thought it was I thought it was Sakura because binge watching through three episodes in a row it made me think that sakura like episode two sakura kind of wanted to be an idol but never but she knew that this guy was not the way to go Mm -hmm. and so i thought maybe somewhere down the line sakura and ki become idols as part of the story because this show is called ki the metal idol i'm pretty sure she does become an idol just because of that because of the title yeah but anyway i mean anyway not positive, but let's keep going. Yeah, so, so this is just very the very earliest mm-hmm. parts of the story right now. Yep. Um, well, but what, I, what we find out is that, so key, it goes back to the hallucination Key's having with the TV, trying to connect on a spiritual level with this person, the, the, the idol on the TV, mm-hmm. and then the TV itself explodes in a fiery, you know, sparks and flame and... Sakura throws a bucket of water on it. Because you throw water on an electrical fire. Genius. Anyway. Well, electrical fire is not too bad. It's it's the grease fire that, re- that you never throw water on. I don't know about electrical fires. I've always been told that throwing water on electrical fires makes it worse. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. Anyway. That's what I've always been told. 
throwing water on electrical fires makes it worse. Oh, well, it's uh, it's absolutely true that throwing water on a grease fire makes it worse. Oh yeah, that's grease the, fire. You need to take the oxygen away. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the problem, the best way to douse an electrical fire mm -hmm. is, and whether or not an exploding TV counts as an electrical fire. I would say yes. Well, but... well, an electrical fire usually refers to wires in the wall overheating and starting a fire in your house. Like like a circuit breaker didn't trigger correctly or something okay. like that. Okay. I just looked it up on Google. The very first thing, you should never throw water on an electrical fire because water conducts electricity and you could be electrocuted. So the water could have gone could have electrocuted you back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it says 90s you don't anime, have, you, you got don't... something wrong. Huh? 90s anime, you got something wrong. Oh no. <laughs> How boring of a show would that be to go through anime <laughs> and point out all the logical errors in every episode? I might listen to that. <laughs> Just because I think it'd be silly. But anyway. <laughs> but okay, so the TV explodes and so she's uh she goes out looking for looking at new TVs and seeing the cost of them and they're pretty pricey and out of her price range. Mm -hmm. and she ends up with a bouquet of flowers and lying on a uh on a park bench recharging mm -hmm. her batteries and as sun is setting that's when she meets up with uh tataki mm -hmm. and tataki happens to have tickets to this uh concert and mm -hmm. they both go and go and see this and this is when we see the bit with uh behind the scenes we mm -hmm. see the uh we don't see the idol's face or the performer's face she's already in the machine uh -huh. and they're like and someone says sir she does not want to go out and it's the head of the company again and he says she will go out because i'm telling her to you she can sleep for two days after this for all i care and then the the idol the, the woman says you're a monster and uh -huh. then does the performance yeah um she literally says uh, she says uh oni or demon mm -hmm. type thing in japanese calls him a demon yeah. calls him a demon and uh Evil. and then the concert starts and we see like the idol is lowered for like the robot idol is lowered from the ceiling and yeah. she starts singing and we cut back to the woman in the in the machine and she's singing uh so mm -hmm. it's transmitting her voice as well yeah um and uh they uh and it's there's nothing spectacular about it i mean they didn't have an over over the top budget for like musical numbers and things like that mm. it's just kind of her standing there singing not even really showing any emotion on her face um so so something leading up to this concert was mm -hmm. The decision by the manager, like they, like these these set dressers had built this Alice in Wonderland style, giant mushrooms, giant trees, really like, really beautiful set, really beautiful set. And the director, have after having been told that she doesn't want to do it, tells him to take down the set and that they're going to do an unplugged version of the concert, a version of the concert that they did in the past, yeah, that they've done already. So they're redoing. They're going to do it with a different set and mm -hmm. like. They and, were and, just and barely... there's like a spider theme going yeah. on, and so she's being lowered down by a. All the musicians are in like spiderweb cocoons yeah. above the uh, hanging above the stage. Yeah, so this is but, important. Yeah. Um, moving forward, that this is a spider themed uh, concert. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens that's really interesting with with Key is that Key is standing there with a bouquet of flowers and the um, and, and her hallucination of this scanline version of the idol reaching out to her and key 
hands up a, one of the flowers that she's holding. And the moment the flower touches her hand, suddenly cut to the idol, and a flower, a rose, petal, a rose stem, stem first, thrusts itself into the idol's heart. Mm-hmm. And she starts screaming. And she collapses, and the audience all panics and stuff like that. And it cuts to inside, and the idol inside has reacted as well. Yeah, violently. Violently, and they pour, they pour out of the machine, and she seems to be unconscious or something, they don't know. But in order to hide the fact that it's a robot, they lower all this web on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they wrap her in a, in a web cocoon and pull her out of the... And pour uh, out of there, which, again, mm-hmm. not very realistic. You would have medics and emergency staff running on the stage. If, so, if it were a human. If it were a human, yes. So... But well, okay. Now, all while this is happening, there's a simultaneous action. The pornographer has given the um, the the uh, has given Sergey D the the pictures. He's uh-huh. given Sergey the pictures, but he's um, he's not quite done yet. He mm-hmm. he wants to talk to the president, and so he's wandering around looking for him, and walks in on the room where uh, the idol is in the device. Mm-hmm. Having, uh, doing her job at, at the moment that she's panicking and be, having to be pulled out of the, dev- pulled uh-huh. out of it. And so he's seen too much. He's seen that the idol is actually piloting and, uh, so mm-hmm. he, he's seen all this stuff. And so is his, uh, the pornographer and his henchman has seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start running. And so they think they've seen too much and they now have to be, now mm-hmm. they're running for their lives. Well, and we, like, if... <laughs> Lest you think that um, that uh, that Key did this on purpose, Tataki leans down to her and says, "And it says, hey, did you? Because he saw something weird going on about her. He saw red, he saw her with red hair, and he saw her with human-like eyes mm-hmm. while the woman was singing. And then the the rose penetrates her chest, and he looks down at her, and she's back to being a robot. And he's about to say, "Do you know what happened?" When she immediately says. Is everything all right? What like I don't know what happened, so mm. she has no clue. No, she, none whatsoever. She, she's not malicious mm-hmm. in any way, but there there is evidence that she could become human. That there that there are mechanics in this world that would allow it. That would allow it. Yeah. Uh, but but she's connecting to she's connecting to the wrong things, to the wrong systems. She's connecting to robots mm-hmm. and trying to pull humanity from them is seriously affecting them. Yeah. Or making them go crazy. Don't really know if that's what's happening, but yeah, something's the, going on. That's mm-hmm. just that's just the essence of what I'm seeing. Okay, okay. So and so now, one of the flashbacks that that was also interesting at this point was, um, it it it, it appears that the president in question was responsible for injecting the grandfather with a toxin that ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. Which means that the grandfather li- lied to Key about how he's dying. Not that he's dying, but how he was dying. Mm-hmm. Which made me, which caused me to think, okay, what is the grand? Is the grandfather lying about the way that he died to protect Key from this uh, conglomerate, from this organization mm-hmm. that clearly wants to do some harm to her? So, just an interesting bit of uh, uh, intrigue thrown in there. 
this uh, the discrepancy between how the how the uh, grandfather says he died and then how he actually died. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, um, and so the episode ends with the two pornographers mm-hmm. being chased down by these robots. Yes. Um, and again, we see Sergei in the machine struggling with whatever to control these, these, these machines. And uh, they're run- the, the pornographers are running through the hills, or not the hills, the, the alleyways yeah, and things alleys. like that. Yeah. Um, and they get to this place where uh, the, the leader of the two gets to the door first, shuts the door into a building and locks it behind the bodybuilder mm-hmm. and the bodybuilder's like hey don't leave me out here let me in come on boss let me in and he the boss says hold them off for me while i keep running and uh, obviously he's not able to hold them off i mean they kill they him and use one- him as a battering they ram. use him as a battering ram to get through the door and yeah. like you see his dead body crumpled against the metal door yeah and the episode ends with um with the pornographer hearing the robots coming after him well the, the robots so, so key and so, so the episode ends with Key and Tataki seeing the pornographer. Like, everybody's looking at him thinking that he's going to commit suicide. He's oh, that's right, that's right. Uh-huh. And so they're wondering if he's going to jump. And he's against the railing, and the robots are coming towards that's right. him. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, what do you want? What do you want? And D, who's piloting the robots, is struggling to say Key's full name. Mm-hmm. And does. And that's how the episode ends. And that's where the episode ends. And so that's the first three episodes. Yeah, that's the first three episodes of this show. Um, thoughts? It is very interesting. Okay. Um, it took a little bit to get into it. The pacing was very 90s. Very, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very early uh, early 90s pacing. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'd like to continue. Okay. I don't. That's fine. It just... It uh, it's not a bad show, it's just not a priority for me. I've got other shows that I want to get right. caught up on, other shows that I want to finish, um, and it's it's not a bad show. It's it just didn't hold my interest very much. That's fair. It's almost two nineties. I want to say, <laughs> and it's a product of its time. It's fine. It is. Um, and like I said, like it it may, it may hold your guys's interest. It doesn't hold mine. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's a bad show. It just means that I just am not really all that into it it's not my cup of tea at the moment that's fine i still need to finish el hazard <laughs> me too that's just a ridiculous show anyway that's it for three episodes in next week i did pick a show for next week but then i realized that that's our season finale that's going to be 50 episodes and we do 25 episode seasons it's true um and i still want to and i will go ahead and talk after the after we finish recording but i have some ideas for how to kind of change up the format we've done 50 episodes so mm-hmm. far I kind of want to try to see what we can do to get more content out there for you guys because we're only doing a once a week podcast. Um, but I, I have some ideas I want to run by Lee here kind of off the recording just to kind of see what we can probably do to try to get some more content on our YouTube channel for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of try to build an audience around our love of anime and, and all things nerd. Because while the primary, the focus of the podcast is the three episodes in, we still talk about whatever news nerd news we want at the beginning. And then we do creator shout outs and recommendation of the week, which is not tight, not constricted to just anime. No, it's not. Um, but anyway, um, so next week, we are going to be having what we had on episode 25, where we're going to be discussing all 24 shows we watched and seeing if we finished watching them, if we kind of stopped, 
Um, and if our conclusion at the end of the episodes was this, uh, like hell, uh, changes at all. Right. So, and we're going to try to have a special, we're going to try to have a special guest next week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what we're going to be doing next week. And we look forward to, uh, sharing it with you. Okay. Um, and so that's it for three episodes in, um, what is your recommendation of the week? It was your pick this week. Well, this week I picked something that, uh, this show kind of reminded me of was actually the animation, um, Tenchi Muyo. Really? Yes. Um, so I was just remembering, um, that it was, yeah, it was late nineties. I was living on my own and, uh, getting to watch, um, anime from various sources. And we happened to have the, uh, the complete series of Tenchi Muyo on DVD. Um, my roommates and I, and, uh, no, it's a really good show. Okay. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's one of the earliest examples of a harem anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, no, it, 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 it was very enjoyable. Um, and, and yeah, watching, watching, uh, Key, the Metal Idol, um, reminded me a lot of it, actually. Okay. The, the animation style, the facial expressions, the way things are, mm-hmm. were done. I'm, I, I should have really looked it up and see if there were any relationships between the studios that made them. Yeah, yeah. I, I can, yeah, go for it. All right. All right. So that's my recommendation of the week. Go watch and... Tenchi Muyo. Which, by the way, um, while the word Tenchi means angel, um, the way Tenchi Muyo is written out... It's actually a pun. It's it 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 says it means this way up with an arrow pointing down. Oh jeez. <laughs> that show. Anyway, um anyway, um and also as opposed to modern day harem anime where you can where um pretty much any girl would be great with him. Tenchi Muyo has the opposite problem. Where all the girls are bad for him, except for the one that's twelve, <laughs> that she's not old enough to be in a serious relationship with him. It, it is, is however, established what she will look like when she's all grown up, uh huh, and how she's going to be superior to all of the others, to all of the others, easily. easily. And the others even say that, and they're just like, hmm, "This is a problem. We can't <laughs> let we can't let Tenchi see this." <laughs> They're united in preventing Tenchi from being with her. Yes. Uh, anyway, um, so creator shout out time. It's my pick this week. Yep. I, just, I just discovered this YouTube channel this morning. I didn't find any other social media for him, but it's a YouTube channel channel called Machine Learning. Okay. And he has kind of made a name for himself recently. He had a very small channel, like a total of 3,000 followers and things like that for about a year. And then all of a sudden something happened and he exploded. Mm-hmm. And then at a creator con... Uh, he met the guy. He met Martin from Marvel Machine X, oh. and Martin was having an issue about the timing for his Marvel Machine. Right, because the faster he would crank it, the the space between, uh, because he he put a uh, a timing drum on the hand crank, so mm-hmm. so based on how quickly he turned the hand crank around, he could have. Half beats, quarter beats, uh, thirds, mm-hmm. and sixteenth notes, and mm-hmm. and that. But he was finding that as the marbles were dropping, depending on how fast he was going, there was a bit of an offset, and so this was causing a problem. Uh huh. And so he had, and so he 
kind of had some ideas and he brainstormed them with the, I can't remember what his name is, but uh, with the guy who runs machine learning mm. and he made him a brass device that goes on the end of the machine where Martin can uh, use it to play with the timing of the turns. It's a, it, it called it an index calibrator. Yeah, an index calibrator. And I watched Martin this morning put it on the or Marble Machine X while mm-hmm. I was eating breakfast. And then right afterwards, I went to the channel and watched the video of the dude making it. And he just had this fascinating machine. And like he, it's, it's called machine learning because it really goes into the process of making it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the history of it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a fascinating video. If you like watching stuff like that on YouTube, give it a watch. It was so cool. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, again, that's machine learning on YouTube. We'll have a link for you on our website. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listen it on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. Mm. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, that's it for another week. I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And a shout-out to Brasmataz and their song Dreykolk, which we use for our opening and closers. All right. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.